0: You're listening to Fireside Chats Without the Fires podcast, where customer experience enthusiasts are inspired by our weekly CX practitioners and thought leaders who share their insights and knowledge. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Toff and Paul Catherall. Friday, May 28th, Fireside Chats Without the Fires. This is a podcast about CX, customer experience, as many of our audience hopefully remember but I'm about to do something that's gonna make you change your mind, possibly. Some people may even say it blasphemous. (laughs) We learned the word blasphemous from uh, a previous guest. Uh, Great word. This may change from a CX podcast to a memories podcast. And we're gonna explain that once we get into our session with our guest, Gustavo Imhoff, contributing author to the Customer Experience 3 book. The title of today's session, experiences don't matter, comma, memories do. And if you're listening and you work in the CX field, you're saying, what? And I hope you're paying attention because if you're not, you should be shocked by this. No one said anything about experiences. In fact, the opposite, experiences don't matter, memories do. Gustavo Imhoff, we're going to give you a chance to plead your case here. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the
1: Fires. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, love the intro. Thank you very much for having me and uh, for allowing me to kind of spread the blasphemous message, the heresy uh, for the customer experience. It's uh, I'm sure it's going to be a blast.
0: Good. We're looking forward to having you, obviously, here. Uh, I know what Paul's thinking right here. He's thinking, Neil, you're freaking crazy. But he's also saying he's feeling something else. Paul, what are you feeling? It's Friday. It's, it's Friday. Today? Friday, Fireside Chats Friday. Neil, I am buzzing. I am buzzing. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, love it. Love when Paul's buzzing. Uh, I gotta admit, I'm buzzing, but I'm curious, and I gotta get right to it. What the heck are we talking about here? We are all customer experience professionals, or I think we call ourselves that. Are you telling us we're not customer experience specialists? Uh, 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 Thought leaders, practitioners, we're not in customer experience, we should be in a different business?
1: Absolutely not. I think that we're definitely on the right business. I'm not trying to uproot and completely transform the industry. Um, it's just making a very simple nuance, I think is, is the words. I'm thinking we're all so focused on building great interactions, right? Our, our ethos is really how do we make life as seamless as possible, as great as we can for our customers. And we have a lot of the time a laser focus on the operational delivery of the experience. But the problem is not a single human being makes a decision on the back of an experience. That is, that's simply not how the brain works. We never make a decision on the back of an experience. We make our decisions on the back of what we remember of those experiences and while it's a nuance it's a really really important one it's a critical one because we if a factor on its head the only reason this wouldn't be an important nuance is if we remember crystal clear everything that happens right if i remember crystal clear everything that happened yesterday when i went to to fetch some takeaway to kfc which was brilliant KFC. Oh, I you love meeting that. on this podcast. You go to KFC in the United that, Kingdom.
0: That, that's, a pleasure, oh, that's, that's my guilty pleasure, man. That's my guilty pleasure. The Queen <laughs> is rolling over in her bed right now. Kentucky <laughs> Fried Chicken in the United Kingdom. Oh my goodness. Well,
1: that, that, you, you know, you know, that, that's how it is when you brought uh, abroad, right? You you grew up abroad, and then you come to the UK, and you, you may have a few a few quirks that that you you just carry with you. But essentially, if, if I go back about that ride, I, I went into my car. I was through, through the drive through And the reality is I don't remember every aspect of it. Right? I don't even remember how I ordered the, the food and if the person understood me, if they swore at me or whatever. But I remember I ate the, the KFC. I don't remember exactly how I felt. But I know it was good. and I definitely go back. That's the only thing, right? I have a positive memory of it, and therefore I'm going to, to go back. But do I know for a fact exactly what happened? I don't. So the actual experience itself isn't going to impact whether I go back or not. What I remember of it does. So there are two great quotes that you have in your chapter, and I'm gonna
0: share them with the audience. By the way, this is not, me sharing, I'm not giving audience, I'm not giving you the Cliff Notes version of this. You need to go buy the book and you need to read the chapter yourselves. I'm going to share with you just some bits and pieces that I thought were really valuable here. First one, first quote. We make decisions and behave based on what we remember of said experiences. Next quote, a little bit further along. Experiences don't drive decision making. Memories do. Wow. These are powerful statements, especially the second one. Experiences don't drive decision-making, memories do. So what in essence you're telling us is vastly different than what many of us in the CX field are really doing. We, we believe it's all about experiences. No one's mentioning, mentioning memories.
1: Yeah. And, and that, that's the thing, right? It's, um, it comes back to the thing is, if they are one and the same, that's fine. It's just a nuance and, and I'm being pedantic. And to to be fair, it wouldn't surprise me because I've been known to be benign in the past. But the reality is uh, I was looking into it and trying to kind of, uh, taking the scientific approach, try to prove myself wrong, right? I was thinking, okay, so what are like really high impact scenarios where we we rely on people's memories for real impactful stuff? And I thought, okay, so let's think of the, the legal system. And if you think of all those movies, or TV shows about a situation in the, in the in the courts, and you have that smoking gun, pun intended, that is the eyewitness, but the eyewitness that kind of decides the fate of that person, of the, the person that is accused of a crime, and just a testimony that is held almost as the as the holy grail in the interaction. Now, if those people are able to accurately and consistently remember facts in the right way and the right people are put behind bars then i'm just making a nuance that has no place in being and i just wasted essentially uh a lot of printing and a lot of uh, a lot of time for everyone who read it but here's the thing the more i looked into it the more i realized that eyewitness testimony is incredibly unreliable incredibly unreliable and there are so many lives that have been ruined because of the wrong eyewitness, or the eyewitness remembering something that never happened. And that's the shocking thing, right? Is people are essentially, obviously it's not consciously, but people are impacting people's lives in the negative way because of fabricated memories. And if those high impact decisions disconnect memory and experiences, then we need to acknowledge the fact that our memories aren't faithful uh, reproduction uh, faithful recollection of what happens therefore we have to admit the fact that what happens doesn't matter as much as how we remember what happens so let's talk
0: about the two things in your chapter that you recommend that we is memorable there's two of them
1: Okay, oh, so the, the two things essentially that defines what impacts our decision-making and what is memorable is the, um, the peak-end rule that was uh, found out by uh, Daniel Kahneman and, and colleagues. And th- that story is fascinating because everyone talks about the peak-end rule. And essentially, the idea is that two key elements that are going to drive our decision-making and how we remember things that are going to be the more salient points of the experience is the emotional high or low so what was the peak whether negative or positive of the experience and what was the very end element so how did the experience conclude itself those are the two things now what people tend not to to look at is kind of what is the study that brought that up and i think that's fascinating because the way they, they got to that um, to that summary is that they asked participants in a in an academic research to put their hands is in extremely cold water right so they had to put their hands in cold water for let's say 60 seconds and then they they asked the same participants to do a second test and they put their hands in cold water for 60 seconds and then an additional 10-15 seconds but that additional time the, the water was warmer so the thermic shock was a lot smoother it was a lot less but still, it's 60 seconds of the original pain plus 15 seconds of a slightly lower pain. When they asked participants which experience they'd like to, to do again, because they said, look, you have to do it the third one, but you decide option A or option B. The majority of people decided on the second option. So people consciously decided to go through a more painful experience By suffering for longer, because the last bit was less pain, was a relief. So they objectively decided to go through more pain in a very just unconventional way. Not unconventional, but it's very illogical if you think about it, right? If you look at the numbers, it doesn't make sense. Why would you subject yourself to more pain? Because objectively, they are going to suffer more pain. Objectively, they did. But what they remember of it is drastically different what they remember is that it was a lot a lot more bearable at the end of the second one so and that's what the decision
0: this is the emotional component of the two things that we talk about this this we're, we're talking to emotion here yeah got it and the second one the second uh recommendation for us to be able to focus on making things more memorable
1: it's just actually do you deliver on it right is everyone I, I see so much at conferences and and write white papers and so on everyone focusing on building the state of the art the exceptional the, the sexy and we forget about delivering the basics right it's th- th- there's no point in having a pretty website if you cannot complete the order right it's brilliant that, that you have a superb r- uh, recommendation engine and you have great features and you talk really well with great story around your products. If I cannot check out, what's the point? I'm going to remember I couldn't check out. I'm going to remember how cheated I felt, and I'm never coming back.
0: Yeah. In your words, the conclusion at the conclusion of the journey, did the customer do what they intended to do, and how did they feel at that point? And I love this, especially the the, the first part, which is, Did the customer do what they intended to do? In my humble opinion, the most important activity we hope to achieve in a customer interaction is resolution. I care less about empathy. I care less about delight or wow or uh, extremes on one side or the other. I want us to be able to resolve, which I think what you're saying, if the customer came to our website to transact, were they able to transact? If the customer came to the website or to contact uh, the contact center to ask a question or express a problem, and open a ticket, were they able to do that? And hopefully were they able to get it resolved? And then we can talk about things like less effort and all that stuff, but did they get to achieve the first objective, which I think we're seeing the both the same thing here. I use the word resolution, you, you just say intent. I think it's ultimately the same the same concept.
1: Well, that's it, right? Is um, I always use the, the broadband example. Right is if I'm calling the the, the contact centre because my internet is down and the agent is incredibly, incredibly empathetic, they, they resonate with me, we have a great chat, but my broadband is still down, what's the point? On the other hand, if they're an absolute jerk to me, but my broadband comes back, that's fine. I mean it I have my internet right? Yeah, it matters less. And that's the thing It's ultimately it's the outcome, the outcome that matters the most. Obviously, it's sharing on top of, of, of the cake if I also actually have a great conversation and I have a laugh and so on. But ultimately, customers don't engage to make friends, right? It's not, no one say, oh, my best friend, uh, he, he's my uh, account manager at the back. Said no one ever.
0: Said one- no one
1: ever. Well done. Said no, no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Ultimately, ultimately, what we want is I'm engaging with a company because I want some value, some product, some services out of it. I expect that to happen. Everything on top of that is a bonus. Uh, it may make me an advocate. It may make me come back or whatever. But ultimately, unless you deliver me what I'm paying you to deliver, everything else is irrelevant. Yeah. Let's move
0: on. There's another section in your chapter, which I really enjoy. You discuss memorable variables. That's capital M, capital V, memorable variables. And you say there are 15 of them. We don't need to go through the entire list of 15, but maybe one or two. What are the most important of the memorable variables?
1: So on those ones, uh, I'm going to to, to plug the, the book that kind of sparked it all. And it's a book called Impossible to Ignore by Carmen Simon, PhD. And that's essentially where I stole all those uh, variables from. I'm not going even to to pretend. I just found the idea so, so refreshing about a couple of years ago, and it just stuck with me. But essentially, it's 15 ways that we can help our message be remembered. And what I love about it is that there's some points that are in complete contradiction, right? So, for example, you have contrast and familiarity, right? So the one that is familiar. It's something that we resonate with, right? Is we, we empathize and that, that that's why people love to talk to people that come from the same uh, hometown. Because you have that familiarity, you have that, that connection. But we also love contrast. We love to be able to talk to someone that we've never met before. We have nothing in common and yet somehow we click. And it's really thinking that there's several levers that you can harness and the combination of those allows you to to stand out And that's kind of the the whole point of my chapter is, let's design journeys that get the job done. So let's make sure I have my broadband back. Let's make sure that you do what you want to achieve. But let's go one step further and design to be memorable. And let's use some of those levers to stand out. And that's why like innovation is so compelling, right? Innovation is about novelty. It's about surprise. So bring something that we never thought would ever exist. That's why the iPhone was such a massive success. People were thinking, what, what What do you mean? A computer in your pockets? You must be mad. That doesn't exist. Doesn't make sense. It's it's a complete departure. It's a complete contrast from how I understand my world. And that's why it was so, so powerful. It was so memorable.
0: I recommend to the audience to look at these 15 words of this list. Um, they are not, in my opinion necessarily easy to understand they will they will provoke thought here which is i think the intent it's a good it's a really good list it's quite interesting you and then you will see that there are some examples of not necessarily contradiction but maybe opposites but for the reason that you explained there's a reason they're on there i, I, I like this list very much let's go to um and i love this part because i think our audience uh and audiences in general like to know the top five or What are the, what's the recipe? How do I do this? What should I do and take away to uh, bring back to my work, share with my boss, share with my teammates? What are the things that I can do myself to be successful? And you offer uh, six quick wins and quick wins, those are your words, quick wins. Um, Can you share what those quick wins are?
1: Yeah, so I think one of them is is that element of uh, surprise right, is the unexpected is uh, I spent, um, for my sins, I spent some time uh, working in sales. And wh- one word that I, one expression I fell in love in that time was pattern interrupt. right, is you're essentially engaging with the world in autopilot. If something kind of surprises you, throws you off your loop, you made to pay attention right? Because you're going through life in autopilot and you're made to pay attention. And that is something to be a salient point. That's something that you're going to stop think, Oh, wait, for, wait, wait a second. What's happening there? And that's essentially, if you think that's exactly how I built my chapter, right? I mean, the title of the chapter in the customer experience book saying experiences don't matter. I mean, that, 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 that's a shock factor. That, that's that novelty. That's the surprise element. And the surprise throws you off of your tracks, but you also have that emotional bit is it can be maybe, it can be delight, it can be feeling threatened, but you have an emotional visceral reaction to things not going as you expected of having your expectation disconfirmed. And it, it's a good one. The only problem is that it's not sustainable, right? Because you, you cannot surprise people 15 times. Once you've seen that massive cliffhanger in that movie, You've seen the cliffhanger is that not going to surprise you, but it's a really powerful one to use with a parsimony and really delight people in that way.
0: So surprise I, and I'm going to read the, the short sentence you have here in your chapter, next to surprise, think of proactive or heroic service recovery, solving an issue for a customer before they even notice they have a problem. Emotion is often involved here. So for example, going back to broadband, If the broadband goes down, there's nothing worse than realizing in the middle of a podcast session that you're recording live with video and audio that the broadband goes down. But if there are a way for the broadband company to send you a a, a notification, a push message, an email, a phone call, even a a voice broadcast message, we're so sorry, the broadband is down. We're gonna automatically reset your router. You should be back up in 35 seconds or less, right? I think that's what we're talking about here.
1: Oh, that, that's the thing. Or, and th- that's the setting about pretty high, Neil, because if I think about it and imagine getting a text from your broadband provider saying, look, unfortunately, the network was down for a couple of hours on, on Tuesday last week. We're really sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, j- just to let you know, we realize we understood what the problem is and here's some sort credits uh, next to your next bill to, to compensate for that, right? It's, I, I don't even need to call them to to complain because that's one of, of my pet hates with, with broadband, right? Is you call them, say, look, my broadband wasn't working yesterday, and they cannot see anything because they, they can only see at that point in time. Well, but sorry, it's working now. Like, yes, it's working now. That, that's how I found your number. But it wasn't yesterday. And I lost three meetings or job interview or whatever. It's having that proactivity really is great because it stands out because no one does it. Now, if one of the big players started doing it, they would really stand out. They would surprise people and they will set the bar much higher for everyone else.
0: Yeah, agreed. I'm gonna share for the audience the other five uh, items of your six quick wins. Repetition, novelty, surprise, which we just went over, social aspects, motivation, and facts. And I think we could probably almost dedicate an entire podcast episode to each of these uh, because there's so much behind them. But this is, this is a great list. I encourage the audience to, to read through and reflect on these and how to add these as quick wins to your experience, especially for those of us that want to take away or have a recipe or have something concrete uh, to lead the podcast with. Um, I want to ask you a final question. Here you are in a customer experience book, the third edition of this book, Customer Experience 3, with amazing practitioners, authors, thought leaders, lots of years of years of experience in customer experience and yet you're telling us this ain't about customer experience this is about something different how do you get along with all these practitioners how is this message being received are they looking at you like you're effing crazy (laughs) that you're out there on an island or what or how is the message being
1: received It's quite different yeah, I think that, to be honest, the, the people that, that I talk to and aren't ghosting me at the moment probably haven't read the chapter. That's probably why. But <laughs> all jokes aside is, uh, essentially, I'm not discrediting the industry in any way. And my background, for example, is uh, insights, right? Is uh, I build VOC programs, the voice of the customer programs for a living. Market research is essentially my, my bread and butter. But if you think about it, it's about asking the customer what they remember about their experience is is it right is what the customer remembers so surveys are exactly that is what did the customer remember not what actually happened we're asking the customer's perspective perspective and if you look at for example how the cxpa defines it it's about customer perceptions and that, that's right re- so i'm kind of rewarding perception into memories because Memories, because we understand how the brain works, or a little bit about how the brain works, we can manufacture, we can design for memorability, while we can't really design for perception because of how unique those are. So the only tweak really I bring to the table is when you're designing a new journey, look at those variables, look at those 15 levers, and ask yourself, how can you intentionally, mindfully, bring those in, how can you bake those in, in a very intentional way to make sure people remember what you want them to remember. Excellent. Let's wind
0: down to the final third of the final third of the podcast. So we like to ask our guests uh, to share with us three responses to three questions. The first question is, do you have a CX myth that you'd like to bust Some, some common held notion that you think is absolutely uh, bunk or bollocks, maybe as you say over there. Good after that, really that man. Good after that.
1: that it's, it's a good after that, bollocks. Yeah. Uh, so if you think that the title of my chapter was heresy or blasphemy, I, I think I'm going to, to cross the line and, and then some.
0: Cross thing. it. Here we go. Get ready, <laughs> audience. Here, here we go. Line is about to be crossed. Drum roll, so,
1: essentially one of my biggest pet peeves is saying that customer uh, that companies should be customer centric right that we should put the customer first and i hate it with a passion because we're kind of saying that companies exist for the sole purpose of serving customers that is not true right companies exist to generate value for shareholders right essentially a company is resources, more often than not financial, that are thrown at a machine, a black box, to create value. right? It's money that needs to create more more money. That's what the company is. And what it does is it does it by serving customers. But ultimately, if you don't have any shareholders, if your company doesn't perform well enough for you to actually invest in a risky company rather than, I don't know, in the treasury bonds, then. You don't have a company. You you don't have a product to sell to customers, and I think that a lot of people kind of shout say, "Oh, put the customer first, delight the customers," and it's brilliant. But let's not forget that we need to be profitable as well, because it's outstanding if you if you make your customer very very happy. It's outstanding if you delight your customer, but if you become unprofitable in the process then you have a delighted customer for a company that went bankrupt.
0: I'm going to ask ask you a question. You only get a one word answer on this one and we're going to go off script here. So you believe that businesses should not necessarily be customer centric. Okay. That's what you've, that's the myth you've just liked to bust. What do you say to all the ones that are beating the drum about employee experience? Should, it, should companies be employee-centric? You only get one answer, yes or no. I'll ask the question again. Should companies be employee-centric? One word answer. Shareholders. Perfect. I promise we're gonna debate this one on an additional podcast, the next <laughs> podcast, because this is a whole nother Pandora's box we're gonna open up, by the way. I think I'm kind of in agreement with you, but I, we'll get that. We'll get to that in a different podcast. This is a heavy-duty comment. It yeah, me, by the way, Jess uh, Noble, if you're listening, Jess Noble's uh, thought process is anything we do should always tie back to business results. Without business results, there's no business. Yeah, and I think you're saying the same thing.
1: Exactly, and that, that's the thing, right? Is I'm kind of just. Taking a bit the bird's eye view, like I'm just leaving the company and take bird's eye view and think macroeconomically, no one's going to invest in the company if the company doesn't perform better than than the savings account. That that's fact, right? It's if your money performs better in a savings account and you decide to start a startup instead, you are bonkers. that, that that's the only definition. It's it's like taking insanity to a whole new level.
0: Yeah. I like it. You have two CX quotes. This is the second of the final third here. Share two CX quotes uh, that you developed uh, that you think will resonate with the audience.
1: So I think the the first one, I I, I don't remember it because I was told to, to close all my things that could actually make any notifications. Ah. <laughs> but uh, the, the second one, and I'll, uh, I'm will i sure, Nila, you, you probably have the, the first one at hand. The, the second one, that, that's one I that really, resonates a lot with me uh, because customer experience is about influencing people, right? There's no two ways about it. It's about influencing people. I like to always remind remind people that no one ever gets out of bed in the morning thinking, today I'm going to do a rubbish job, right? No one gets out of bed say, "Mm, you know what? Today's a great day. I'll be horrendous at my job.
0: (laughs) I can't help but not.
1: Everyone, everyone does... Everyone gets up and thinks, I'm going to do my best. Yep. And we've all been guilty of criticizing colleagues that aren't going fast enough, that aren't doing the right things, or that are well up, 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 uh, up above their heads. Yep. But we need to remind ourselves, right, is they're doing their best. No one is thinking, oh, you know what? That customer experience team, I'm going to give them a hard time today because that's going to be fun.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that, uh, so that, that that's from a book from bozidar that really says no one gets out of bed to do a, a terrible job and we need to to have that empathy and keep that in mind
0: i like it you have a list of three cx heroes <laughs> and i have them here if you need it in case they're not top of mind i <laughs> give you a hint i can read them for you or you can make up three quickly if you want
1: oh i'll, I'll make three up let, 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 let's be fun i think uh, three three people that really really uh, wow me in terms of the customer experience space. the first one is one of my co-author uh, and someone that has been a guest in this podcast which is Sandra Thompson who did an outstanding outstanding piece on emotional intelligence she's one of the first she's the very first certified emotional intelligence pro- uh, expert by uh, Daniel Goldman and she created the AI, uh, the EI Evolution Summit Plus, like a Summit Plus, which essentially is crazy because it's an event over five months and two days, mm. and she managed to bring Daniel Goldman himself to, to the thing. And I think that's just brilliant how she's redesigning the events experience, right? So that, that that's the first one. A second one, it's a gentleman all the way from sunny USA so you know I'm, I'm trying to, to make it as international as I can and it's a Dennis Wakabayashi and the reason I really really admire Dennis is a few weeks ago he came under heavy fire from a few people myself included I'll hold my hand up for that because he put together a customer experience hall of fame and promoting lots of people for fighting the good fight and putting things forward and a lot of criticism uh, for various reasons M- my own reason is some of my personal heroes like joe pine uh, author of uh, the experience economy weren't included in that list and you know what? he's the first person i've seen in cx take the time to reply to every single criticism justify his points admit where he was wrong justify himself and i thought that was brilliant because Social media is a place where it's more an eco-chamber than anything, right? The amount of time where I see someone challenging someone and his tumbleweeds are blocked, it's just outstanding. So having Dennis come in and actually take the time to reply to everyone who was criticizing him was just mind-blowing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I have seen his CX Hall of Fame, and I disagree with much of it. But you know what? He had the you-know-what to go ahead and publish it. No one else did. It got people thinking, which I think is part of the thing of putting up good content. He got exactly. people reacting to think. Good for him.
1: And, <laughs> and You know, that, that has sparked a community. So uh, he launched the customer experience factory with Alex Mead. That is a new community that is focused on really changing the status quo and driving um, CX doers, professionals, to really get together and think, how do we advance the, the community? And I think that that's brilliant, uh, the attitude he has had.
0: Final CX here. do you have one more for us?
1: Yeah, uh, Nick Thompson at Glassbox. And the main reason I'm uh, picking Nick is, again, parting from, from a pet peeve, uh, people have been talking about the delivery, the experience delivery gap from a uh, Bain. You know, study from 2005, 8% of, or well, 80% of uh, executives if they deliver outstanding experience to their customers, 8% of customers agree. Yeah, right. 2005. I've seen it in the past month. Three people talking about that as if the data was from yesterday. Mm. And I mean, like, it's 16-year-old data. And it's just just lazy, right? It's just lazy. I made a bit of a rant in there, and Nick, brilliant chap, came in and shared a very much up-to-date exper- uh, s- survey by Forrester from 2020, that said that, you know what? There's still like about 70% of companies that fall short of expectations. But the data is from 2020, and it shows a a pattern.
0: Yeah.
1: Things have improved slightly. Things have improved slightly, but still, I thought it was brilliant that a rant of mine kind of uh, puts in front of many people's eyes a research I never heard of. And we need more people that contribute to the conversation Uh, like Nick did.
0: Super. Gustavo, of the many things that you have said and made us think about, I will share one conclusion that I offer. I'm scared. This was a memorable conversation. Oh, well played. Very memorable. I wanted to hear from you. I wasn't certain when I read the chapter, hmm, I don't know what to think. Is this really bollocks or what are we talking about here? (laughs) And you have made me think, you have challenged, uh, perhaps the way I even am going to approach things. You have created good content, my friend. This is an outstanding chapter. Uh, I am grateful to you for coming on our podcast, sharing the ideas with us. You must absolutely come back because we're going to uh, pit you, perhaps with uh, one or two other professionals, that will beat the drum for employee experience. And I want to have the discussion about the importance of the things that you've talked about, business results, shareholders, et cetera. These are all very healthy conversations to have and to have had the privilege to talk about these things today with you uh, is just exactly that. A privilege, we're grateful. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We are going to be following you, continuing to follow you on LinkedIn and on social media. Uh, we look forward to reading more and more things from you and it was just a a real pleasure to share this moment with you thank you so much
1: thank you very much Neil. it's been my pleasure and i'm delighted to hear that at least one of the very few half-decent ideas i had made it into the book so it wasn't a complete waste so thank you very much for the the chat and uh, for having me
0: super so this is season two episode 18 gustavo imhoff experiences don't matter comma memories do Remember that one audience. And please remember, rate our podcast, review our podcast. We want those things. We need your feedback. If this was as memorable for you, hopefully, as it was for us, state that. Let us hear some feedback from you. We want to know how to be better and better as podcast hosts and creators of good CX or customer memorable content, as we just learned from Gustavo. Signing off today, season two, episode 18 Fireside Chats Without the Fires the episode is over but the conversation continues please rate and review us in apple podcasts post a comment and subscribe to stay on the leading edge of customer experience to get in touch or be a guest follow us on twitter at chatsfires or on linkedin or in your podcast repository of choice thank you